Good morning. Grace to you and peace from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And as we gather today, we remember our baptismal covenant, having been sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Amen. Praise the Lord! Our gospel today is from the 13th chapter of Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. And yet he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. And then later on, he shared again with the disciples, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in great joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything and bought it. And once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled up the, sh- pulled up the fish onto the shore And they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. And this is how it is at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked. And they replied, yes. He said, therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed from the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to uh, pray with me the Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation together today. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful. Kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful. Grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. We are coming to the end of our parable teachings now. This is the final Sunday in which we will be hearing parables for quite some time. I don't know if you all are parabled out like I am, but it's been a little bit of a journey here over these last several weeks, working through all of these various parable teachings. Today we have before us a plethora of different images We have mustard seed, yeast for leavening, a treasure, a fine pearl, and a net being let down for a catch. What do all these images have in common? Well, they're images, they're symbols, they're signs of the kingdom that Jesus uses to give us a glimpse. Jesus, again, is giving us all a glimpse of what the kingdom of God, what the kingdom of heaven is like. And the question for me is, as I have delved into these parables and thought about them, the question for me is, when we hear these parables and we imagine these images that come into our hearts and our minds as we consider this whole idea of a mustard seed or this yeast being leavened or this pearl being found in a field and the going off and selling everything to buy the field, how do these words, how do these images, how do they touch us? And maybe even beyond that, how do they transform us? How do they change us? How and when does the Holy Spirit nudge us to hear these parables? 
David Lose, he's one of my favorite theologians and pastors. He's currently a pastor at Mount Olivet Lutheran Church. It's the largest congregation in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's a congregation with over 10,000 members. It's a huge congregation. And he's the senior pastor there, and I enjoy hearing some of his and reading some of his perspectives on things. And one of the things that resonated with me this week is he said that you know what a word means not from what it says, but from what it does. I'm going to say that again. You know what a word means not from what it says, but from what it does. And then he goes on, he says, parables don't describe the kingdom of God as much as they actually evoke. Parables evoke some element of God's inbreaking reign and reality in our lives. That is the intent of a parable. It is meant to evoke something about God's inbreaking reign and reality in our lives. I just want to spend a moment on that first part of what he said about words and what they do. Back when I was a youngster, I suppose a youngster probably means, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. Back when I was a youngster, maybe even a little bit younger than that, to some degree I was exposed to a certain amount of bullying. You see, back in those days I was kind of a clumsy kid. I didn't always pick up on things very well because my brain just didn't quite click very well at that particular age in my life. Because I didn't pick up on things, I I obviously wasn't one of the top students in class by any means, and I was, I actually, when I think back on it, I was a pretty naive kid about a lot of things, and somehow a lot of that was right out there in the open. People could tell that about me. And because of that, I was labeled and I was made fun of. And other kids said some pretty hurtful things to me. Yeah, bullying's still around. It's been around for a long time, and it's still around. But one of the phrases that I used to throw out every once in a while was, in my response to them, I would say, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Sound familiar? Well, those words, they helped just for a little bit. But deep down inside, I knew that the second half of that phrase was not even close to being true. Because the words that other kids threw at me, they hurt me a lot. And they made me feel dumb. They made me feel isolated and unaccepted. And I can still see myself running. How many times did I find myself running away just to get away from the mean and degrading words that other kids were saying to me? You see, words, it's not so much what it says, but it's what the words do. Words do have a powerful impact on our lives. Words actually do things. And words do affect how we feel, how we engage, and how we feel a part of something. You know, words in our current cultural context, whether it be on the news, whether it be on commentary on television, whether it be through social media, or all of this 
political discourse that seems to be out there now, if you even want to call it that. The words are thrown around in our culture and our society pretty freely these days without consideration for how they affect people. And words are oftentimes spoken without regard for the other. And one of the things that I find myself doing most days is that I find myself seeking out words, I find myself seeking out scripture passages, I find myself finding phrases or reading thoughts or ideas or poems, various types of inspirational readings or ideas that are affirming, that are uplifting and life-giving. And that's what brings me back to this second half of what David Lowe says. He says that parables evoke some element of God's inbreaking reign and reality in our lives. And I believe that that is one of the reasons why you and I are here today, because we're here again to hear a word. We're here today to hear from Jesus, a word that will continue to uplift us, a word that will be life-giving, a word that will encourage and sustain us in this earthly pilgrimage. One of the things I want to encourage you to do this week, and hopefully you will do this, even if it's just momentarily, but I'd like to encourage you this week to take some time. We've we spent these last three or four weeks uh, with a variety of different parables, lots and lots of images out there through these various parables that Jesus has been sharing with us. And I'd like to have you take some time to consider and to ponder these parables over these past several weeks and how these Parables evoke an element of God's inbreaking into your life. In other words, as you perhaps go back just for a few moments and revisit some of these parables this week, I want you to ask yourself, how do you experience, through these various parables, how do you experience the redemptive, life-changing power of God and God's Word in your life? How do you experience this life-giving faith-sustaining power of God's love and grace in your life. Because what we believe and what we teach and what we preach and what we practice, it's not an intellectual idea. It is actually something that we experience. That's what being a part of hearing this word is all about. It's something that we actually experience. One of the things that I've said many times over and over again, and I've said it a lot these last couple of weeks, is that Jesus, time and time again, talks about the kingdom of God. He talks about the kingdom of God coming near. And one of the ways that we see the kingdom of God coming near to us is we see the kingdom of God coming near to us in the life, death, and resurrection, in the person of Jesus. And I can say without hesitation that the seed of faith that was planted in my life, that that yeast that has been kneaded into the core of my being, that that treasure of God's love and grace, that has, that has, all of that has been experienced. All of that has happened for me within the context of community. All throughout my life, the place where I have experienced and felt the kingdom of God coming near to me and into my life has been within the context of Christian community. I can go all the way back through my entire life. Growing up as a kid, going to Sunday school class, 
being a part of youth group and church, being a part of the Shalom Singers, going on to college and being a part of Lutheran campus ministry and InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, being a part of Bible camp ministry as a counselor for five years, working with all of these other wonderful college-age staff who just love Jesus, and I had the opportunity to be in that wonderful community of other young Christians. My life in college, moving on to seminary, and then being a part of camping ministry for, you know, 20 plus years and now being in congregational ministry. All of those things, every part of my life. And the reason why I have experienced and felt and had the kingdom of God near to me, it's because it's been within the context of this, all of these various Christian communities that I have been able, had the privilege and the opportunity to be a part of. It's a place where faithfulness, where kindness, where the love of God and the compassion has been experienced, and all of that has been happening within the context of all of these various Christian communities. All the faith encouragement, all that faith giving, all that life-sustaining kingdom experiences, it's come from being in Christian community. It has been and it always will be about relationships. Relationships with other people living in a community of faith where worship, where we have these tangible means of the presence of Christ coming to us and they come to us through this preached word that you're hearing right now, the tangible presence of Christ planted and embedded in us through these tangible means of grace, of holy communion and baptism where we actually get to touch it and feel it and taste it. We are experiencing God's grace and God's love in the context of being in relationship with one another in community together. The kingdom is experienced through encouraging conversations that we have with one another by sharing the grace and compassion of Christ with one another in our conversations together. It also comes through our sharing of a mutual uplifting of the saints and through our sharing of burdens and challenges and also the celebrations in our lives and the joys. The kingdom is experienced in a community that lives and extends compassion and empathy to one another. For me, one of the other key components of kingdom experience is through the gift of worshipful music and hymns and praise songs and melodic words set to music that speak to the very heart and the soul of our faith. One of the very earliest songs in my life in my faith journey that rings true for me even to this very day is a song called Pass It On. If you got the Olive Branch newsletter already, you already know the context behind that. It was written by two different people who were um, working on a musical called Tell It Like It Is. And they needed a showstopper. They needed kind of a modern day Just As I Am song to close out that musical. And so one night, um, one of the writers was sitting around in his den, around his, his, uh, his fireplace, and the word just came to him. And these were the words that came to him. And it's almost like a parable, isn't it? You know, the mustard seed, the pearl, or the yeast. But this was the parable that came back in 1969, sitting in his den, 
It only takes a spark to get a fire going, and soon all those around can warm up in its glowing. That's how it is with God's love once you've experienced it. You spread his love to everyone. You want to pass it on. Another song for me in my early days of my faith was He's Everything to Me. It was a song that I actually experienced because I was at camp. And as we were standing around singing this song, sitting on those benches around the campfire, and I heard these words, Till by faith I met him face to face and I felt the wonders of his grace. Then I knew that he was more than just a God who didn't care, who lived the way out there. But now he walks beside me day by day, ever watching over me, lest I stray, helping me to find that narrow way. He's everything to me. And one other song talks about how precious and how costly Jesus is. Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds. Nothing I desire compares to you. I want to encourage you this week, again, to consider and to ponder how these parables evoke, how they evoke an element of God's inbreaking reign and reality in your life, and to ponder anew and imagine how you experience that redemptive, life-changing power of God and God's Word in your life. And I want you to be open to be surprised. Open to being surprised because one of the things that we discover is that is that we never know when God's going to reveal God's love, God's grace to us. It's kind of like that hidden treasure that's there, always there, underneath us, underneath our feet. And we're going to stumble upon it. Be open to the inbreaking of the kingdom. And as I leave you, I want to leave you with this final thought from Chelsea Harmon. She's a, an, another pastor and theologian. And she says this. She says, A small dose of the kingdom even a small amount of goodness and hope. It has the ability to spread itself through our lives and to leaven and change our entire existence. Not only to mention, not only to mention how much others might actually enjoy us in that small dose of the kingdom. Amen. I invite you to join me now as we pray the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now go forth from this place refreshed and empowered to do the ministry that God calls you to. Travel lightly for you carry within you all that you need and notice God's presence in everyday experiences. And whenever opportunity arises, labor for the good of all and may the blessing and the joy of God, our creator, healer, and life giver, go with you today and always. Amen. Thanks be to God.